So John, uh, the gospel writer, gives us really uh, the Christmas story uh, from, the, from a heavenly perspective. And John really does have a particular audience he's speaking to, so we'll talk about that uh, this morning. So John chapter 1, this is the Christmas story somewhat from a heavenly perspective. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14, I invite you to listen. This is God's word. Now, in the beginning was the Word, the Logos, the Word. And the Logos, the Word, was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. Now, there came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every person was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. And yet to all who received him to those who believed in his name he gave them the right or the authority to become children of god children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will but born of god and the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us we have seen his glory the glory of the one and only who came from the father full of grace and truth let us pray. For your word, Lord, we give, we give you thanks. And we ask that your spirit give our hearts discernment and understanding so we can hear truly what you speak to us on this Christmas morn in thy name. Amen. So one of the uh, Kerr household favorite Christmas movie is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Very profoundly spiritual. And uh, if you remember, there's a scene uh, in that um, movie, and if you, if you can imagine the PowerPoint right here, because I keep reading that people are visual learners, and if you can't see it, then you can't learn it. So imagine, it's right there. You see there's a scene from uh, the Griswold's Christmas in which uh, Clark comes out of the garage, and he's holding this, like, three-foot knot of Christmas lights, and he gives it to the son, Russ, and he says, here, Russ, untie this. Now that knot, that's what I want you to focus on, because it's called the Griswold knot, profoundly philosophical. And I'm going to keep repeating that, probably to the point where you're all frustrated and think it's crazy, but I see that as a kind of metaphor for Christmas, the Griswold knot. And in fact, it's a kind of metaphor for all of life, and, and so I'll, I'll speak to that. When John, the Gospel writer, writes... Uh, the introduction, the, the prologue to uh, his gospel. He really is telling a Christmas story, and he's doing it in such a way that he wants to emphasize that the Christmas story is really a creation story. That's why he begins it as he does. And so there I want to take a look at that, how it is that the Christmas story is in fact a creation story. And so John begins at the beginning, and that's where I'm going to start, at the beginning. And you need to know 
that I'm a little sleepy today, and whenever a preacher says, I'm going to start at the beginning, you need to be afraid because there's a lot, you know. So the Christmas story begins at the beginning. It's a creation story. So John, the gospel writer, says, in the beginning was the logos, was the word. And he's very intentionally making a parallel to Genesis 1. So John 1 and Genesis 1 is parallel. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, the Logos. In the beginning, the Word. Now, just as an aside, because, you know, who can structure things on Christmas morning? Um, It seems to me that the people who own creation stories, that whoever owns the creation story, it says much more about the owners of the story than anything else. So, for example, in Genesis 1, you have, in the beginning, God. So the Bible people begin with God. And in in John chapter 1, you have, in the beginning, the Logos. So again, the people of the Bible begin the creation story with God. Modernity, modern story. How do we start the the creation story? (laughs) Right? In the beginning, there was an explosion. And I think that says a lot about us, actually. We like blowing up. I'm pretty sure, we've talked about this, I'm pretty sure boys wrote the creation story of, of modernity because boys like blowing up things, right? I mean, under Christmas trees, they take, like, household utensils and create tanks and stuff, right? This morning. So in the beginning, no, not a blow, blowing up thing. In the beginning, God. Or in the beginning, the Logos. We have a creation story. The Christmas story is a creation story. And in fact, if you think of Christmas, there's so much creating to do at Christmas. I mean, we have to create just the right mood. You know, we have to create all the mythology of what Christmas is. I mean, with that guy floating around in in the sleigh thing in the sky and the ice castles in Iceland or wherever those things are. I mean, there's so much creating, the mythology and the mood and the magic. Oh, the magic moment of Christmas. You know, that heartwarming feeling that you get. That takes a lot to create those moments, all the cookies we have to create. I mean, it's just a lot of creating to do. And when you finish with all that Christmas creating, what you have is Griswold's not. It's just a mess, you know? It's just a mess. So, Let's take a look at at the Bible. It's a good idea to start with the Bible. We don't like doing that anymore. We like starting every place else and see if we can squeeze the Bible in. Bad idea. So let's start with, I think I'll get to the Christmas story. It's hard to concentrate when you're sleepy, but let me, uh, the, the Christmas. So John says, in the beginning was the Logos, the Word. Now, Let's get a little background here. I'm going to get a little theological here. Is that okay? You, you, you guys are sleepy too, right? So, okay, so the people that John is writing to have a very clear idea about how all this took place, the creation. And, and this, is, this is the kind of idea they had. In the beginning was the logos, the word. And, and the way they imagined that is this that God is this kind of divine power source that's really remote, way, way up there, hard to get to, God. And so emanating, oh, they love that word, emanating, emanating, kind of flowing down from God was the logos, the idea, the thought of God. And it's kind of like this. Here's Jim. That's pretty profound, right? And, and Jim has an idea. Now, sometimes Jim's ideas are really stupid, and so you can separate the idea from the person, but not with God. And so, God, you have this divine power source, the energy, and emanating, flowing down from God is the logos. And so, the idea, the concept, and it's the same thing. And so, if you can ascend 
up through the logos, this idea, then somehow you can get plugged into this remote divine energy source if you could just get up there. So how do you do that? That becomes the question. How do you do that? Well, there's a couple of ways. First, and remember, John's not saying this. This is what the people that John is writing to are thinking. So how do you get up through the logos to get to this energy source? Well, the first way is you need to know the secrets. You need to know the mysteries. Now, the Greek for word for mysteries is gnosis. And so you have the Gnostics. But I, I try to explain it to you, but you wouldn't understand it. You, you know, you're not there yet. You're just not... Which is actually illustrative. I'm not calling you stupid. I'm saying this is, that's how those people thought. I mean, you, you have to be initiated into the divine mysteries, and, and you're, not, you're not evolved enough yet. You're not there. Someday, but... So that's how they thought. So the first way... I'm going to get to the Christmas... I think I'm going to get to the Christmas story. You still with me? Okay. So the, how do you go up through the Logos? How do you ascend up through the Logos to get plugged into this divine energy? Well, the first way is you need to know the mysteries. Uh, the second way is that you need to, this is pretty fun, to get up through the logos, you need to know the logistics, quite literally. You need to know the logistics. You need to know the techniques. You know what I'm saying? Just relax. And then, and then if you can know the mysteries, which you don't get, you're not there yet, but, or if you know the techniques, the logistics, then you can rise up through, through the Logos and, and get to this energy source and get plugged in. This is what the people, it's not what John's saying, this is what the people are thinking. Now, what's the problem? The, no, I'm not the problem. <laughs> I think way too highly myself to think I'm the problem. Uh, the problem is the body, you know, the flesh. The, the body, that's the problem. Because the body, the flesh, has all these appetites they used to call them apps, and there were so many of them. The first service didn't laugh either. <laughs> so I should have just crossed that out. <laughs> so, so you have all these appetites, you have all these temptations, and, and it's the body, and it gets in the way so you can't just kind of ascend up and, and you know, through the logos and get plugged in. So how do you deal with the flesh? How do you deal with the body? Well, one of two ways. You severely discipline the body. They were called the Stoics. You just, if you discipline yourself enough, then you can ascend up through the logos, get plugged in, or it just doesn't matter. You know, it's just the body. It's, it doesn't make any difference. They were called the Epicureans, by the way. Great name, isn't it? And it, so just, it's just the body. What matters is the spirit, not the body. So do what you want, eat what you want, do, you know, whatever, with whom. It just doesn't matter because what matters is the spirit, not the body. The problem is, back to that great philosophical understanding, Griswold's not. The problem is, what happens to the body, it's all knotted up. It affects the spirit, it affects the mind, and you get this big knot. And so John is writing to these people who want to escape the body and flow up, ascend through the logos, and get plugged into some kind of divine remote energy source. But we need to go back to the Christmas story, because the Christmas story is really a creation story. And there's so much to create. I mean, we gotta create the mood, and we gotta create the magic of Christmas so we all have those warm, fuzzy feelings. And what do we get? We get a mess. Have you looked at your house this morning? <laughs> I mean, what do you got? You got papers all over the, it's trashed, right? And you look at your kitchen, it's trashed. I mean, you look at your stomach, it's trashed because you've been eating all that stuff. And every, it's just, everything's trashed, and you get this mess, Griswold's not. 
So let's go back to the Bible, because, did I say this already? Sleepy, you know. Um, we should begin with the Bible instead of beginning with the other stuff. It's, it's a creation story. Christmas is a creation story. So, in the beginning, God created Genesis. In the beginning was the Logos. And the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God. And the Logos became... Well, wait a minute. <laughs> Getting ahead of myself here. You know, John is a poet. And one of the things I'm sure about poets is that a poet wants to make sure they use exactly the right word for the right situation. Especially when you know you're getting to that point that's really important. You, you got to find just the right word. And the word, the logos, became a cute little baby. It's such a heartwarming story. Wait, no, that's not how it... And the logos became a man. Whoa, that's not politically correct. Let's back up. And the logos, a human being. The Logos became flesh. Let's not take the poetry away from John. The Logos became flesh, became meat. Do you understand what flesh is? Flesh is that stuff when you pass something sharp and you cut yourself, you leave some flesh on that sharp thing. Flesh is the stuff that hangs over your jeans. Flesh is what you do with, what do you do? You catch a deer, bag a deer, shoot a deer, run into a deer, whatever, and you hang it up and you, you, you deal with the flesh, with the meat. It's what you don't say when you go to a restaurant. You don't say, I'll have flesh, medium. <laughs> I'll have a steak, juicy. <laughs> flesh. The word became flesh. Meat. Do you hear how graphic that is? In other words, God became so much us, he understands he was cut. The flesh, it gets cut. It, it celebrates. It cries. It weeps. The word became flesh. In other words, there's no ascending up. The word descended, condescended and came, became us fully. The Word became flesh. But who would receive that? I mean, who would, who would accept that? Because the Scripture says, to all who would receive, see, this is a creation story, to all who would receive, He gave them the authority, the right to become children of God. But who's going to receive that? The important people, they're not going to receive it. Caesar's doing his Caesar stuff, and Herod's doing his crazy, insane stuff. Who's going to receive that? The spiritual people, they're not going to receive it. They're too busy doing their spiritual stuff. But some will receive. Mary will receive. Mary is pure in heart. And there are people who are pure of heart. I've met them. Joseph will receive. Joseph is a righteous man. His word is his word. When he says it, it's done. Joseph will receive. Shepherds will receive. They're just shepherds out there. 
How about you? Will you receive? See, that's the Christmas question. Because Christmas is really about receiving. And if you receive, then you have the right, you have the authority, you have become, because the Christmas story is a creation story, you have the right to become born again, children of God, born from above. Can you receive that news? See, there's no ascending. There's no rising higher to get plugged in. The God who is personal and loves us dearly, dearly condescended, came to us, became us, became flesh. And all who will receive, you have the right to be born again. So will you? Let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks that we don't have to rise above what we are because we can't. We are flesh. And so you have come to join us. You have been cut, wounded, bled. You have celebrated and rejoiced. You have walked with us. You are walking with us still. And now, we receive you into our hearts, into our lives, so that we might be born anew, follow a new path as children of God. In thy name, amen. Let's continue to worship by singing hymn 147, Away in a Me.